Beers and Tears would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land from which we conduct this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waterways and sky of this beautiful place, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all First Nations people present today, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This episode is proudly sponsored by the beautiful studio space at Small Time Group. Supporting emerging artists to refine their products, develop a plan, and connect with peers and the industry. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today, I'm joined with Mira Mira. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. What is Mira Mira? Where did that come from? Uh, it came from a Star Trek t-shirt that I found in an op shop. Nice. <laughs> so you were like, that's it, that's the one. Were you delivering yeah, it last time? Yeah, yeah, it came at the right time. I was think- I think I was talking to friends about having, um, like on stage, like having like a mirrored kind of like set up both sides, same thing, like two of everything. That was like one of the original things. And then, and then, yeah, I found my, a t-shirt with that on it. So it's good. (laughs) Did you do, have you done the mirror thing? No. It's it's a future vision. Yeah. 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 Maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet. (laughs) And when did you start making music? playing music how did your musical journey Um, begin? mine started was started at home because my brother was playing music so I don't know I just wanted to be like him and just copied him and like I guess I followed through a little bit more and um I don't know I started like gigging really really early but um you know that band Kiss yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah I was just like so yeah so hooked on them from an early age and I had uh, a bunch of school friends and we made like a little kiss tribute band and like kind of gigged that when we were like 13 and 14 and and then it's just I guess I've been in like the cover the cover world for so long um as a working musician since then like you know in cafes and bars and stuff like that and and then, yeah, I finally kind of slowed down doing that and started to write my own music and now we're here. Cool. I mean, yeah. the music that you make is quite different to a Kiss tribute band would be, I assume. I where, know. Did the, where did the love for kind of like the funk come in, I guess? Um, I think just later on when I just started to really like, I think it's when I stood back from gigging and I just like, yeah, tuned into what I actually enjoyed listening to. Um, like I can still chuck on a Kiss like record and thoroughly enjoy it. But um, yeah, it just became such a daily thing. And um, one of the cover, one of the bands I'm still in called the Yams. We um, were like a little three piece, um, and we. Oh, I've always played lots of funk and jazz and stuff like that. So, yeah, I listened to a lot of it because of that as well. Mm. Nice. And, yeah, yeah. you mentioned 
that you you're kind of in a you've been in and are in a few different bands, um, but this kind of project sees you going into your solo avenue. How have you found yes. that transition? Really good. I feel like I've been able to soak up so much from everyone's like from all my friends' projects because that's their passion. And um, yeah, it feels really right that I've like how long I've waited to do it. Um, it wasn't on purpose or anything. I just, it, it just, the time wasn't right like over the past couple of years. And yeah, I've just been able to soak in all their, how they do things and, you know, from putting on gigs to how you rehearse and like all those little things that, yeah, and like putting a band together and, releasing music and so the transition was pretty seamless i've had lots of support um from friends and yeah it's been great and Mm. uh, you write and record and produce all your stuff at the moment how have you found like the process of doing that in this solo project kind of in a bit of solitude really good i it's definitely my happy place um I've always tried to have a setup, like a room set up somewhere that I can just go into. And um, yeah, some days I come out of there really exhausted in a bad way, and some days I'm come out of there exhausted in a good way. Just depends, like yeah, if an idea comes out as easy as I want it to or not. But it's really fun. I enjoy like every aspect of it. Sometimes I get too caught up in how things should sound instead of actually writing, you know, but each day is different. So do you ever get stuck kind of like not having like that producer to bounce off or like someone kind of to, to bounce those thoughts while you're in that world? For sure. Yeah. Again, like depending on what, what kind of day it is, if I'm just like getting it done, then yeah, it just rolls on really fast. But on the days that I'm questioning myself, I definitely wish there was someone there going like, don't do that or do this or it'd be nice. But, yeah, I guess I, I just I really enjoy those days where it's just happening and, like, I can't put can't put the song down. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. And yeah. you recently released a new song, um, your first track of the year called When You Find the Time. Um, yeah, the track kind of talks about like a scenario of like waiting for someone um, to tell you something that you already know. Do you want to yeah. like, dive into that world a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that was like probably the best summary um, for the for the song. I'm not like I'm not I'm really I really struggle with lyrics a lot. So I've got to like really fantasize about a story you know, like that I've created and like try and put some words together for it. So, yeah, this is about, yeah, I guess, yeah, waiting for someone to tell you something you you already know and like I guess it comes from the point of view of someone that, um, yeah, that just that, that waits around and puts pressure on that person to like tell them, you know, what they already know, even though you already know, you know, it's like this. Yeah you're caught in the loop but it's your fault you know so yeah you just point the finger and blame someone else it's a bit weird but it's 
yeah, it was just something that flowed out, which was nice. It's good. Yeah, it's a very interesting. I found it a very interesting topic to explore within. Yeah, <laughs> but it was cool. Like it was done very well, and like it it worked. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was nice. It's a nice kind of like yeah. theme, I guess, that I haven't really like yeah. seen very much. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I really struggle with lyrics. It's so so hard. I don't have. I don't know. You know when people say like on all those tv show like talent things or like australian idol or whatever like the ones that get through have some like really crazy story behind them yeah you know? yeah and, like put some i don't like not that i don't have any of those but i, I don't feel like i write from like big big like stories of my own you know i like i really love the music side of things and i try and yeah, I guess I try and channel a bit into it, but I'm not, I'm just not much of a writer, so, or reader, but. But I feel like that kind of creates a little bit of a niche on like the topics that you do explore because they're not those like huge ones, like huge feelings yeah. feel really deeply. It's like almost these like momentary niche things yeah. that <laughs> life that you can yeah, just be like, yeah. oh yeah, cool. That makes a good song. Yeah, that's it. And I c- it can come from one sentence. Um, yeah, so it was, yeah, it's lots of fun. But I'd l- I just, like, love the also, like, the older, a lot of the older music where it's just so light and happy and it's not really about anything or anyone in particular. It's just, like, you know, I just want people to enjoy it. So that's the goal to get there, but I'm just kind of stuck in the middle. <laughs> sonically um i guess that's probably where like most of your tracks start out um yeah, how yeah. This track kind of what was the recording and production process for this track um i bought a new piano and called a Wurlitzer and i it was fairly broken so i was limited to only a few keys and um yeah, I'm, it's not my first instrument, so I, I just always kind of sit down. I like writing at a piano for that reason. I like, I don't just, I can't just jump on and play this chord that I play on guitar. I, I have to think about it a little bit more, or not at all. And I fell into this like little two chord progression, and um, yeah, it was just me and the piano. And then later on, I was talking to a friend Blair about this song and he just mentioned to me about another older demo that I had that has this like like the main hook I guess like the synth hook on this song an older demo had that hook on it and he said oh I still really want you to use that hook one day like yeah it's always been one of his favorite hooks and and that's what I chose to do with as like a part b to the new idea I had and and then I had kind of like a two-part song so I was I was on a roll from then it felt really good and exciting yeah nice and yeah you mm. mentioned that you draw inspiration from like older music um this track in particular has like a bit of a, a late 70s influence um mm-hmm. where what 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 who were you listening to that was kind of like bringing on the inspiration for this track um oh it's hard. I feel like this song in particular, 
I draw like, I don't know, I can draw more similarities to like even some of Tame Impala's like music. I, I just love, it was just one of those songs where I like didn't want to hold back with sounds. Like I put, there's so many sounds like in this song and um, so I guess I pulled inspiration from from him for that just to make so many chaotic things work, um, squeeze them into one. And then, yeah, some of the older style things, just like, you know, having a drivey, drivey beat and a bit more of like a funky bass line, just things like Michael Jackson and some of Michael Frank's stuff. Um, yeah, a couple of those people, just like, yeah, happy, fun music. Yeah, nice. And, and chaotic, but like in a good way. Yeah, like <laughs> a, a groovy chaos. Yeah, yeah. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors at Bodrigi Brewing. Stingray's new XBA comes out swinging as a full flavour 4% of froth. The newest addition to Stingray's finest beer range. It's bloody tremendous stuff. Tropical, hoppy, pulling, no punches. Brewed in Abbotsford by Bodrigi Brewing Co., Proud Beers and Tears sponsors. You released Baby Be Mine last year and yeah. have since released an EP's worth of music as well um, for mm. the first glance. Is yes. there the kind of a lot of music to be going around in a small period of time within a year? Um, yeah. What is coming? What are your goals for the year? Is there more music coming? What's happening? Uh- yeah, I'd love to do some more music. I'm really, I'm unsure about what I want to do, like whether it'll be like a big body of work or another small, it's like something small that I just want to get out, you know, like get out of me, I mean. Um, like the last release, I just, I feel like I needed to get that out of my system mm. and I just wanted to like share it. So that was, that was good. But I don't know if I want to do something big or, or small, but yeah, I'd like to just keep going. I feel like after, since we just played our first gig, I just feel inspired to keep the ball rolling and keep the set fresh. And um, so if that involves doing like another couple of songs, that'd be great. I think another EP is probably like, it's probably good. Yeah. I'd I'd do that. Yeah. You kind of like, You've got, I guess, because you do it all from home or, like, from your own studio, you have this, like, luxury of, like, being able to produce and record whatever you want, whenever you want. And so, like, Mm -hmm. how do you differentiate what you kind of, like, is just something that you've just produced and recorded as an outlet for yourself and something that you're like, okay, I actually want to put this out into the world? Because usually it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to go get this song produced and then I have to like go into the studio and record it. So like I'm committing to this song and putting it out. Yeah. Yeah. You've got this whole world of music. I do. Yeah. So definitely a luxury. I feel like um, where the song at kind of determines whether I'm going to go in and finish it. And it might be finished in a lot of like, like even in my, like my partner's eyes, if I like, have this really sorted demo it's like she's like oh it's finished but once I feel like it's finished then I go in and completely re-record it and it's like 
yeah, it feels good then. Um, but yeah, this has to be like at a level of finished that I don't want to touch it anymore. And, and then I can just focus on recording it as best I can. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a bit, it's pretty hard having it all the time. Like I can procrastinate on one song for way too long. Yeah. Um, and I'm, but yeah, I'm procrastinating in the studio, which, which, yeah, which is a luxury, but. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, there's like the pros and cons to it for sure. I was kind of thinking that it's like you, when you're like, you've got crunch time when you're like paying for studio time and you're like going, mm-hmm. you you kind of like have to make decisions quickly. Whereas yeah, when that's you've, it. Got, yeah. you've got the time, it's like, it's great because you can like stew on it for a bit, but also it's like, I could stew on it for years and yeah, yeah. commit to the whole decision. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But I, I don't think I'll, I love the idea of going and having at least one recording experience somewhere. So if, like, I can see why people do that. Mm. And um, if you pick the right person, like, yeah, I just, I have already have like a space in mind and it just like, he's just the right person that I could see myself like creating with, you yeah. know, for a day or for a week or, you know. So I'd like to do that as well, but but then my OCD will be like, if I put it in a body of work, it's going to sound different to yeah. <laughs> to me recording it. So we'll see how we go. Maybe yeah. it'll just be a single or something. But oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> you played a gig recently. Um, yes. What does like the ideal mirror mirror gig look like? If you could create your perfect gig. Um. I feel like over the weekend it felt like as close to perfect as, yeah, I could have imagined. We just, I don't know if anything we did made it the way it felt, but it was just like the room was just so full of like love and like support and, yeah, I don't know if it was like that it was dim lit and, you know, we made sure there was just a big, big, big mirror ball up there and yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but it was, it was really special. And I, 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 I hope the rest can feel like that, but um, yeah, I don't know, just like good music and just setting like a tone and like a vibe for how you want people to feel. And, you know, everyone kind of got dressed up and it was like an old school dance kind of thing. Um. Yeah, in a nice big old hall, and I'm keen to see how it's going to go, like in a venue. But yeah. I think that was really—it was such a beautiful way to start gigging. This, yeah. And mm. well, I usually end my episodes by asking about a gig horror story and a gig highlight. But mm-hmm. apparently Birdie gave me some inside scoop on <laughs> some gig horror stories of yours. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I was telling my mate Liam, Liam yeah. Watts. Um, oh. Yeah, I was like, he was like, who have you got coming up for interviews? And I was like, oh, this dude, Mira, Mira. And he's like, no way, I know him. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And he was like, 
You have to ask him about the time he couldn't play a gig in Byron Bay because he was too young at the Great Northern. Yes. And you also have to ask him about the synthesizer that was endlessly getting serviced. Yes. Yeah, wow. Poor Liam, hey? Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, I was in a band called The uh, Lotus Ship. Lotus Ship. And um, Mitty, the front man of that band, he picked me out. Um, Yeah, I just finished school, so I think I was... Oh, no. I think I was in grade grade 12, so I was like 16, 17. And, um, yeah, he picked me out to come and start learning some of the songs. And um, and then one of our first gigs was at the Northern. And, yeah, I had to, like, I drove down there all pumped up and with all, yeah, all the friends. And um, I had to sit out, sit out the front for... The whole night. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was rough, but I could hear them inside, so it was it was fine. But um yeah, that hurt a little bit. But yeah, then there's the synth thing. I just it was the first synth I ever bought and um I, I used it the other night. Like it gets used a lot and it's on like every recording. But um yeah, it was getting fixed for nearly two years. How'd that end up? How'd that happen? It was, I don't know. I just I just don't think the the tech wanted to admit that he was having troubles fixing it. So I I was like, it's okay, like it's all good. You can, you know, I'll come pick it up and I I can sort something else out. But he just wouldn't let it beat him at all. Um and then I took it to someone else and it was done within two weeks. So. Oh, no, so he didn't even end up fixing it. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, so that hurt a bit. But um, it's probably at a good time. I think I, I kept forgetting about it. Like as the like two months would go by and then I'd be like, oh, my God, I haven't gotten in touch with him. And, and it was just pulled apart on his kitchen bench. Oh, my God. For a couple of years. I don't know how he put it back together, but he did. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah. It's fixed and used. It's, that's it. Yeah. And I'm gigging with it now, which is even more wild, but I don't think I'm going to anymore. Just the one. <laughs> right. But yeah. And, so I don't want to push it. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And yeah. do- Someone had never heard your music before and was going to listen to three songs. What would you want them to be? Uh, the new one, when you find the time. And then also, it's only on Bandcamp, but the B-side of that single, Friendly Lover, is I pushed that one out to have something complement that song. And... Um, yeah, I'm really proud of those two songs as like a package cool. and as a representation of the new music. And then off the EP, I did I I just really enjoy like playing stay around, you know, if I'm sitting at a piano or something. Yeah. yeah. Feels nice. I feel like that's a good balance. A bit of fun and then a bit of slow ballad kind of yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been lovely.